0: I was so happy to have today's guest on Habits & Hustle. We had David Meltzer. David is the CEO of Sports One Marketing, a Forbes top 10 keynote speaker, a humanitarian, a two-time national best-selling author, and so much more. His story includes a lot of up and downs, including a point where he lost everything. David talks to us about priorities, unconscious competencies, and shifting your energies. This is one fascinating episode that you don't want to miss. For entrepreneurs, hustlers, and dreamers alike, this episode will give you a ton to think about, so stay tuned.
1: Thank you. I like to tell. Yeah. All
0: right. So I'm super excited about today's podcast because uh, we have David Meltzer who is uh, very much a renaissance man. You do everything. He uh, is the founder and CEO of Sports One Marketing. He's uh, Forbes top 10, one of the top 10's biggest, best keynote speakers. He has a podcast called Playbook that is super successful. Uh, You're a judge for elevator pitch with entrepreneur magazine. I mean, I'm exhausted just even like saying all of your credits and credentials. So (laughs) without further ado, here you are David Meltzer. Thank you. But most importantly,
1: because you're Jewish like me or semi-Jew. I'm full Jew. My brother is a Rabbi. So my mom, when they always give those big introductions, yeah, it's always like, yeah, but my other son's a rabbi. <laughs> How can you compete like that? It's like, Dave Woods, president of the United States. My other son's a rabbi. Yeah,
0: that's right. You can. I got
1: high okay. expectations in my family.
0: Very high expectations. Wow. I didn't know your brother was a rabbi. One wow, by the way. What, that's right. He's gonna. Dave that he's <laughs> gonna count how many wows I say on this podcast because he said
1: I'm gonna be boring and this right. thing is gonna like six hours. I'll be so much fun. No, I
0: said I'm like depending on how boring or how <laughs> exciting you are. We're gonna see how long this podcast goes. And he says I'm gonna be just blown away by yeah. how exciting. Yeah. So so far one wow. So where do we start with someone like you?
1: I don't know. It's kind of the beginning. Uh, the
0: beginning, okay. So let's talk. I'm a about little sport. different. Let's talk from the beginning of, of the world of sports marketing because that was my background. So it's something we have like in common. Your, well, how long is your agency with War? Your partners with Warren Moon.
1: So eleven years. But before that, right. I was CEO of Lee Steinberg, uh, who's the most notable sports agent. Absolutely. And so I was CEO of the most notable sports agency, which was a blessing because my real my whole career wasn't in sports. Although I went to law school to be a sports right. agent, I ended up in technology and ended up CEO of the world's first smartphone company. So you talk Which about uh, Samsung's first phone division. You were? Yeah. I didn't even know 32. that. At 32. Yeah, I have a lot of hidden secrets. So.
0: Yes. Wow. And, but people,
1: yeah, the people, you know, it's funny because the most common question people ask me is like, how do I get a job in sports? No matter right. what age they are, 18, 25, 45, you know, I've always dreamed about right. having your job. And it was interesting because I believed always in not limiting my point of entry, but making a lot of money and gaining skills and knowledge, Uh, which was a whole different philosophy. And somehow, by accident, I ended up in this dream job working for Lee, which is where I met Warren Moon.
0: Wow! How did you? Wow! How did you? So how did you do it? You you tell us how you you got that job.
1: it is interesting because I believe in the process of manifestation. I have an interesting philosophy of the laws of attraction, because I think people discount the laws of attraction because they don't understand that action is the main part of the law of attraction, meaning mm-hmm. I'm hyper-aggressive in business, and that's the first step of the laws of attraction. So when people think of allowance of allowing things to happen, they really think of like hanging out high on their mom's couch, manifesting like mm-hmm. a Ferrari. But the truth is, allowance is the next step in action. So if you're really aggressive, really efficient, effective, and statistically successful what you do, you then can work on what's the biggest component of allowance, which is your ego. right? So right. you have to work really hard, but you also then have to work on your ego to get out of your own way to allow things to come rapidly and accurately. So for in my life, I believed that I was going to be rich. and I had this variety of things, like every Jewish kid, it was doctor, lawyer or failure, right.
2: <laughs> but I wanted to be a
1: professional football player right. and I got ran, I played football in college, got ran over my very first game, literally lying on my back as Christian Akoya stepped on me and said to myself, doctor, lawyer or failure, like my dream had died that wow. day, because I was so small, yeah. and it, like I've never played against guys that good. And I'm surprised I re- you
0: were a Jewish kid even playing in the first place.
1: Right? I know. That's a whole
0: other podcast <laughs> altogether. But. That's the pursuit <laughs> yeah. of my potential. But
1: so I went to, I was gonna go to med school okay. and I learned a valuable lesson. My brother was in doing his residency in med school, and he I literally because this is important because so many people are entrepreneurs and they have no clue what it's like to do the business they want to do or the profession they want to do. Absolutely. Including sports agentry. Yep. But I wanted to be a doctor. I didn't know doctors had to be in hospitals. I thought sports doctors like learned in training rooms and fields. So when I visited my brother, I'm like, dude, I hate hospitals. He's literally looked at me in shock, going, you're pre-med at a really good college. God knows you're not going to be a football player. What are you doing? Right. And then he gave me this advice that changed my life. He said, be more interested than interesting. Mm-hmm. You got to quit being such a dumb 18 year old. Be interested in what you're doing, man. You're just flying through life. You have all this talent, right. but you're not going to do anything. So I went to law school instead. There you go. (laughs) And I I thought I'd be a sports agent, although uh, I knew that would be a longer road. So I studied and went to Tulane. I could have went anywhere. I did, did really well in college. I studied really hard. Where
0: would you go for your undergrad?
1: To Occidental College. It's the okay. like only college that would let me play football. Oh. It's okay, a long, now, long list now, of yeah, colleges. Yeah, now I get it. Yeah. Now I
0: get how you play college football. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which
1: is still like the closest I've lived to my potential being an average Division three football player, <laughs> considering my skills, right? right? Um, anyway, so I go and do well in law school, but I chose Tulane because they have the best oil and gas they teach civil and common law, mm. and I'm very focused on making money. My dream at five years old, my dad left, six kids, single mom, worked two jobs, and I literally said, I'm going to be a millionaire, buy my mom a house and a car. I don't care what it takes. That's all I wanted. I just wanted to be rich. So oil and gas litigation, I looked it up. I'm more interested than interesting. Right. I looked up the highest paid lawyers in America, and international oil and gas litigators made the most money. So. Really? Yeah, so I studied studied maritime law right. and with a dream of being a sports agent but in all fairness when I graduated law school I had two job offers to be this lawyer right. oil and gas litigator or sell legal research online and this is pre-internet right. this is .edu type of internet No, no, no. Yeah. and I go to my mom and I ask her what I should do this is the second most valuable lesson I said mom what should I do without blinking she said you need to be a real lawyer because this internet thing it's a fad don't do it and funny. I chose to be an entrepreneur and to sell legal research. And I always tell people just because someone loves you and, you know, as a nice Jewish yeah. boy, my mom overloves me, uh, doesn't oh. mean she gives me good advice. And I learned to mm-hmm. ask people that know about what they're talking about, not just that they care about me, right. but I'm not going to ask a second grade teacher about the Internet anymore or about business right. or, you know, someone that's never owned a house about buying a house. And I see people do that all the time. With and then what happens though is you take the advice of the people that love you, you manifest what they want for you, and you resent them, yes. and you ruin all the closest relationships.
0: That is so true, and that happens a lot in our culture, for sure, right? Absolutely. And I think that's true. You have to take advice from people who actually know that area, versus like you say, you're not going to go to a, a second grade teacher and ask about, I don't know, ma- name it. You know, yeah, like it's starting a, a business, right? Exactly, being an entrepreneur. Yeah. I mean, that's but if a great... you have a
1: troubled addition, that's a good place to go. Right. absolutely. <laughs> or exactly. raising kids. Right. Trust me. Right. I, my mom's a second grade teacher and a mom was six. So she is an expert at in that area. Children and all my siblings. I'm the low end of the academic gene pool. My siblings all went to the Ivy Leagues. Summa cum laude at Harvard Penn in Columbia. They're no joke students. Right. So when You're the dummy. I, right. And right. when I raise children, I want to learn how my mom did it, not
0: no, what that I mean. that makes perfect sense, though. So then you get this law degree. I get and...
1: the, I sell legal research. I'm so, yeah. a millionaire nine months out of law school. Really? Yeah. So the internet wasn't a fad. Uh, three years into my job, we sell for three point four billion dollars to Thomson Reuters. So oh, wow. Not oh, only w- did I buy my mom a house and a car nine months, but I made a lot of money from the merger, and then I went to Silicon Valley and used my sales skills. Right. And the knowledge that I gained to raise money on Sand Hill Road and I built relationships with Texas Pacific, Amarindo, Sequoia, and I learned how to raise money and right. learned about finance. I had no technology background still, but I ran uh, and was a director of a wireless proxy server company, which transcoded the internet onto WAP phones in oh, wow. Palm sevens, and God, always a relationship go. business development guy. I end up at 32, Samsung was opening their phone division. They had the world's first it was Samsung manufactured, Windows CE device. It was a Windows device, mm-hmm. they didn't have Apple. And it was the first smartphone. So, you know, I traveled the world speaking, raising money. I was on Good Morning America, talking about convergence devices. They didn't call them smartphone. Right, back then, and no. It was actually named the PC-E phone. That's how primitive it was wow. in 99. Uh, but I built this career uh, on technology. And then we grew so much that they fired me. I, used right. to lie and tell people that I left, but they gave me a ton of money to leave. And right. if, if you're going to get fired, good way to do it. And I started investing, and I made a ton of money investing in stocks and real estate. I own a golf course with Ski Mountain. I told you I married my dream girl from the fourth right. grade.
0: Unbelievable.
1: Which was beautiful. My whole life, though, I believe that money bought happiness. Right. The only time I wasn't I was happy as a kid, even though we were broke. Mm-hmm. Only time that I wasn't happy is I catch my mom crying because the car broke down or mm-hmm. she was worried about college or camp or whatever it was. And so in my mind money was throughout the, my whole money was the key. Mm-hmm. And that's what was my downfall. And you know, it wasn't my wife's philosophy, it was mine. I lived, you know, thirty-three homes. It was amazing. But I started How with, many homes? We had thirty-three, different homes, the investment homes properties. I How much money with.
0: did you make from this thing? Over a
1: hundred million dollars in total in my thirties. And so
0: that's y- wow. So I
1: started hanging out with guys like Darren Prince, the wrong people, <laughs> the wrong ideas. And my wife Darren's me. a friend of both of ours. By he's the awesome. Fact. He's the manager of, of uh, Magic Johnson and many others. And he's dear, dear friend. But both of us have ego issues and abusive issues mm-hmm. with ourselves, self-sabotaging issues. And I ended up, uh, you know, with a warning from my mom and my best friend and most importantly my wife losing everything uh, and it takes a long time to do that but I learned it's the best thing that ever happened did you, to me.
0: How did you lose all that money?
1: I made one bad assumption so what happened was beyond uh, surrounded myself with the wrong people and I, wrong ideas what happened was I got into a lawsuit mm-hmm. with a friend uh, who sold me a condo conversion he was a neighbor oh and I wanted to prove that I was right so I went through most of millions in cash with lawyers trying to bury him. Uh, wow. With my wife's support in that, by the way. But I made a bad assumption. I assumed that because I had equity in all these properties, I wasn't upside down, and I saw the turn coming. I knew that was coming. It wasn't as if you know I was surprised and right. overbought. Wow. I just assumed that I'd be able to borrow against my property. And what happened was I went to my private bank. I made one bad assumption. I never asked for help, right? which is always my biggest lesson right. to people. And I went to the bank and said, hey, you know, I need $5 million. Uh, you know, I got bills. I got the lawsuit going. And they looked at me and said, uh, now we can't do it. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. What do you mean you can't do it? And I got all this equity. You, I can borrow against the equity. They said, no, 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 our bank is going under. You know, we don't want to give you. Go find someone else and you can put it up as collateral. if Somebody else will give you that loan. Well, meanwhile, things are moving quickly. Right, yeah. and my liquidity is going down. I got all these properties and expenses, and oh my, gosh. and I'm not paying as much attention as I should because I'm doing things, you know, with my dear friends, going partying, right. pretending to work hard.
0: Yeah, who were you hanging around? With? Who was who was this crowd? Like,
1: yeah, like you know, I would go with Little John to the Grammy Awards. I hang, you know, with celebrities and athletes. I, I was CEO of Lee Steinberg at the time. Right. So, so how did
0: you tra- Wait. So how did you pivot and transition from what you were doing to now being a major? Yeah. That's so like the biggest of the biggest of the biggest. Yeah.
1: So that's a great question too. So in this whole process, I'm I'm living my life kind of the wrong way. Right. But I'm a pretty big deal with my money. I I help out a friend. Right. He wants me to represent him, believe it or not, with Showtime, which was a a real uh, reality show with Magic Johnson.
0: Oh, <laughs> that's
1: funny. And Lee Steinberg is right. representing in the deal. And so my friend said, you got to come up and help me. You're the best negotiator. I know. I'm like, you know, I'm not a lawyer, right? He goes, no, you're a great negotiator. So I go up, I meet Lee Steinberg. He had just split off from Jeff Morad, mm-hmm. who had bought into the Diamondbacks, who ended up owning the Padres. I didn't know he was looking for a new COO. Well, Lee is just like my younger brother who went to Harvard, kind of a little bit on Two academic, super intel. one of the brightest people. Right. But I lived with my year younger brother my whole life. So I could communicate with Lee, probably like no one else but Jeff. Right. We just hit it off. Like I knew how his brain worked. Right. I've been surrounded by these type of academics my entire life. Right. Super philanthropic. We hit it off. I leave the meeting after five hours. He calls me in the morning, asks me if I can come back up to Newport Beach. I lived in Rancho Santa Fe. Right. And he offered me the job. So I came home to my wife. Now, I, st- I wasn't bankrupt yet. I right. wasn't living my right, life in the right way. But now, I would surrounded myself with more... Lee, you know, right. also was an alcoholic. Yeah, I, but, I remember. Right? And, and yeah, I yes. surrounded myself with open bars and partying and celebrities and athletes and you know I remember coming home one of the turning points of my life was I was at the Grand I lied to my wife right I was at the Grammy awards with little john right. and I came home at 5:30 in the morning in an altered state of mind you know four car garage with all the windows and everything and I see you know her beautiful 5 foot silhouette just waiting for me and that's when she laid into me and said you better go take stock in who you were and what you want to become because I'm not going to live with you anymore. Really? Yeah, like literally. And were you a drug
0: addict though? Not an
1: addict, user.
0: User, and and yeah. like an alcohol user, but not I, now. I have yeah, I, luckily
1: I just didn't have the genetic disposition.
0: Right to be an addict. To, but that's like never, kind of a. But I
1: overdrank and I overpartied, you know, and right. I was using, right. I, you know, and I wasn't paying attention. Um, and I'm a pretty active guy, and I had a lot going on, Right. so. Too you much know,
0: money, too much everything. 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 Yeah. And too much access. it was all accessed.
1: for me. Yeah, it was all for me. It wasn't through me like it is today. So I went back and outlined, you know, these different things in my life. I created principles and key elements and the OCD guy, the academic guy yeah. came out and I ended up writing my book off of that, but it changed my life. So I started in the right direction and two years into living my life and learning about spirituality, meditating, all these, what I call quantum shifts in my life, right. uh, They came to fruition. The most interesting time for me was it, you know, it took about two years to lose everything. Right. Was I had already moved through my transition. So I was at peace.
0: But wait, hold on. Don't even step. You're jumping forward. So now I'm still at the fact that you had $100 million and I lost it. You lose it all. I mean, are you exaggerating or did you really lose it all? Like, were you left with like 10 mil?
1: No, right, like, right. Like, I'm not like a you know a drug dealer that could hide it.
0: Right, I was gonna say like yeah,
1: I um no, I lost the, and I was in an aggressive lawsuit at the time. So like they would do stuff and manipulate the system. One time, they took everything out of my home. They showed up with sheriffs and moving trucks. I was in Tampa at minor league baseball not minor league, the preseason baseball games. Right. And and literally, I got a call from my wife, who's with my three daughters. My son wasn't born yet. And was bawling going this is, told the wow. sheriff this is a mistake. they were hyper aggressive. they slipped it by the judge, and luckily, you know they put it back. But when I went with Lee, and i wasn 't bankrupt yet, we were renting a house with rented furniture. Now, I was making good money, right, but not that kind of not, money not, I had not no, close. no yeah. cash it, it' all gone. there was no cash. I was selling properties to pay off properties, you know, and so when I finally wow. went bankrupt, there was Literally, I was living paycheck to paycheck, Uh, they let me keep one car, right, which I still have. I have one car. You still
0: drive that car?
1: I gave it to my daughter. okay. So the funny thing is, I bought this car, this is, you know, the the wealth transition. Yeah, yeah. I bought this car, $5,000 over sticker, and told my wife that I love this car because when my daughter, who was just born at the time, I was going to save it for her and it was gonna have very little mileage, and she was gonna have this killer convertible, expensive car when she turned 16. What kind of car was it? it at the time it was a Lexus SC, it still is, a yeah. Lexus SC430, which before I needed it, yeah. literally had 900 miles on it. It, it. it was every upgrade. Yes,
0: yes, yes. It was
1: beautiful. And so anyway, I still, out of pride, I gave it to my daughter for her 16th birthday, but I had a lot more mileage on it. It's right. still in good condition. But I literally had not nothing, but I had changed so much. My favorite story about it, because I tell people about giving and having faith in what you want, started meditating, waking up every day, praying to God for 10 people I could help. Everything was through me, not for me. So I was grateful for everything. And I knew I had the capacity to make money. I believe in unconscious competency. One of my unconscious competencies, my genetic and energetic unconscious competency is attracting wealth. Like just, right. it's not normal to make that much out of law school to be a million. Like I Absolutely. knew this was a gift. But
0: get. I find that's interesting, and I agree with you because I do find that it's the same people who keep on are able to like make money, lose money, make money, lose money, and there's some people who can't get arrested and can't make a dollar, and yet it's the same person like you who can make a shit ton of money, lose it, and then make it again. Yeah. So do you think that's called what do you call, an unconscious, unconscious
1: competency? So
0: do you think everybody has? those type not that one but yeah, ones we that all are- have
1: genetic and energetic unconscious your personality traits characteristics obsessions and addictions combined with the energetic pull that you have and that's why some people yeah, think say do and even believe all the right things but will net. like my mom's one of those people right never can make money. No, no matter what right. she would do that, that's not in her composition
0: right it's not and, harder for DNA
1: no and it is your DNA
0: right which well, is your DNA yeah right? but then why so if why is that if you have all the other elements to do it why doesn't it translate and execute
1: because the vibe I believe in a vibration yeah, and I, an energy it's so much higher and what I actually do in my business coaching is teach people how you can shift your energy and even activate and deactivate your DNA Right. And so that's how some people heal themselves when they have stage four cancer. You actually can deactivate your your DNA, your cellular structure. So I've learned through consistent behavior how to take the 10,000 new data inputs that go into your cellular memory to change the neural pathways in the 40,000 of the subconscious thoughts that you have through consistent behavior.
0: Right. So building positive positive habits. yeah,
1: Exactly. And so creating a habit machine. Yes. Which I know you like to talk about. Absolutely. And people ask me what my, you know, Number one habit is, and it's always to create a habit machine. Because my dream is to be so disciplined and programmed as an embodiment that you could tell me, Dave, eating red meat is bad, and I could put it into my habit machine, and tomorrow I would never eat red meat again, really? even though I've eaten it the whole day. That's my goal. Like I believe that's possible to have that type of composition and discipline. So
0: habit. When you say <clears throat> habit machine, it, is it basically building? Positive habits you do every single day as part of your ritual, right? Absolutely. You just so happen to call it a habit machine. Right.
1: And I believe in consistency over one, so two minutes of meditation. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I I say that all the time. That's why I tell people to lower the bar. It freaks them out. They're like, how do you do that? I'm like, I lower the bar. Like, What are you talking about? I go, because it's the consistent behavior. Your natural progression will be towards expansion, acceleration, Mm -hmm. and exponential growth. But you gotta get started, and you gotta keep doing it. Mm-hmm, and agree. you know, you're in such great shape. You know, on the fitness side, you've seen people that have lowered the bar. I talk about Teddy Mellencamp, mm-hmm. who's my friend, and how she just like lowered it to like I'm gonna jog for one minute. Yeah, I think that's what she started.
0: No, no, that's exactly what you have to but do every now. day. <laughs> you gotta start small, and basically, like you said, it's all. And I say this too. I say two things that you say: be interested, not interesting. I mean, that's like very, very. Basic. Very important and basic. Yeah. And the other thing that you said, it's like starting small and building habits that you do consistently, like doing consistently. Those are the only ways, and that's the only way I think you actually see change over time. Yeah,
1: yeah. and here's, this is what help, uh, hurts people though, is time. Um, I believe that our human capabilities don't include the ability to understand infinity of time and space. Mm-hmm. And so it causes great resistance in our lives, and I'll explain why. What I see, and you'll get this, whether it's entrepreneurial, fitness, whatever it is, is people will work four years at something. Mm-hmm. Con- like, everything into Consistent, it, purpose, yeah. passion, <clears throat> and at four years, they're about at 25% of the way there. And what happens is, they start listening to other people, so they get pressure from their parents, their girlfriends, boyfriends, mm-hmm. whoever he or she is. and. At that point of their life, most people, the majority of people, say, Oh my gosh, I've been doing this for years. I'm only 25% of the way there. I quit. And it's so sad for me because they don't understand acceleration, exponential growth, and how this transition happens.
2: You
0: mean like accumulation over time. Exactly. Have you read, did you ever read Atomic Habits? Yeah, awesome. Yeah, that's exactly a whole thing. 1% a day or... Exactly. And what happens
1: through those atomic habits is acceleration and exponential growth. So what happens is... If you took four years to get to 25%, mathematically, it's only going to take you two more years right. to get to 50, 50 yeah. Now, this really pisses me off because now you get people that are almost there and they quit. And they quit. Because now right? they're married and have kids or, right? And, and this all has fallen on them and now they feel as if everyone else is putting pressure on them, which is an illusion. Right. And meanwhile, I always tell people when I coach them at this point, I'm like, don't quit. I know it's taken six years. They're like, I don't have another six years there. Oh, you don't need it. You have acceleration and exponential growth. You've hung in there six years. Right. You're one year away from being there. Right. And then, then I go even better than that, than being a hundred percent of the way in one year, Mm -hmm. you're 200% in six months, 400% in three months. Right. That's how the hockey stick happens. And then what's great is I know you're 30 years old now, but at 35, you're the one like me that they're pointing at going, he's so lucky.
0: Yeah, exactly. You're the lucky one. And it's just hard work and consistency over time. Exactly.
1: Yeah, and and that's, to me, the biggest stuck. People ask me all the time, I feel stuck, how do I get unstuck? I'm like, stay stuck. The fact that you're stuck means that you're doing it every day and you feel the resistance, but you're not... Capable because you don't understand time's infinite, right? You see, everything is stagnant and linear, a man made construct of 24 hours. If this took me, you know, four years to get a quarter, it'll be eight years to get 50, right? right? And I'll have a whole lifetime till I get there. Absolutely. I can't afford to do that. The other thing that's interesting is I don't understand how people can enjoy the sacrifice. Right,
0: like the process. Yeah, yeah. enjoy.
1: Like it's, everyone talks about enjoying your journey. I enjoy the consistent, persistent pursuit of my potential. That's happiness to me. Well, wow,
0: these are like tongue twisters, my right? yeah. god. Yeah, but like
1: every day, consistently, yeah. persistently, without quit, pursuing, Persu- inspired yeah. pursuit of my truth, whatever that is. And I can't see how people aren't willing because if you don't do that, you're not willing to sacrifice. So many entrepreneurs ask me, "How do I get started? When, how do I raise money?" Well, first of all. Get into the mindset, man.
0: Right. It's all about your mindset. That's where it all starts and ends at the same time.
1: The greatest on fours. They leverage everything. You know, The Greatest Showman, the movie about P.T. Bonham. That's my movie because I love the fact that he walks in and like, you know, P.T., you're going to lose everything that you work for. And he's like, how do you think I got here, man? Yeah. And that's the whole uh, genetic side of me where you're like, make it, lose it, make it, lose it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The thing that I've learned, though, through this is shifting and putting faith in what I want. I actually studied the maintenance of wealth when I lost everything. Right? People would yeah. ask me, what did you do? I said, there's two things I did. One, I took a direct trajectory towards revenue. I knew that I had the ability, so I cleared out all the BS and I said, how can I quickly make money? So not only did I have a job, right. but I went out to all the people that I knew that had wealth right. and I said, what do you need? Like literally, right. that's all my question. What are you working on? What do you need? And you know, and I literally. W-
0: so you led with what they, with how you can be like a server. Yeah, some to guy them said to me, "I to need these them.
1: watches." I'm like, "I can find watches. Can have, yeah. What are you willing to pay for them?" And I, literally, the fastest way to revenue is this buy low and sell high. Yeah. I created margin and stuff. I was a millionaire even faster than nine months out of my bankruptcy.
0: You were? Yeah, just because okay, so of the Okay, so you lose all the money, right? So the, and then like you're like, oh, shit. So I'm money. working for Lee. Yeah, and you're still a I have to go salary. up to Lee,
1: first of all, oh, and tell him, and Warren, Warren Moon, my yeah. business partner, and in their minds, I'm Wait, well, Jeff Mora. So was your Moran. business
0: partner back then? Mm-hmm,
1: at Lee's office. So when oh, he went wow. into the Hall of Fame, uh, Lee made him a partner at our mm-hmm. firm. Gotcha. Now,
0: okay.
1: my problem was I wasn't as illuminating back then, so I never told them that I was having financial difficulties. Because no. I was afraid they hired right. me as Midas. Right. Well, who's going to yeah. hire you as Absolutely. bankrupt Midas? Well, I had to... And that wasn't anything, though. They were super cool and encouraging to me. The hardest one... Check this out, Jennifer, because you'll appreciate this as a Jewish mom. Um, <laughs> I had to go to my mom, who my whole dream of being rich was to buy her a house and a right. car and tell her... But you did. to her a house and a car. Yeah, doctor, lawyer, failure. Right. That was bad enough. Right. But I started... I was moving so quickly, I realized... At that time, that I'd never taken my mom's house out of my name.
0: Did she lose her? Did he, oh, I'd, wow.
1: I would to walk up to my mom and tell her, not only had I lost everything, but she was going to have to move. Oh. And that's when my life changed. Right. Because I thought she'd fall... Like, the Jewish guilt was going to be overwhelming to me for the rest of my life, how right. I did this to her. It wasn't. She showed me unconditional love yeah. without a tear. I, I'll get <laughs> choked up, but she looked at me and was like, oh... Like, not only do I believe in you, but she like, do you need anything? Do you need Aww. any money? Like, I was sitting there going, holy, like, that's when it hit my heart. Like, I don't get it. Like, my mom and my wife would always tell me I'm lost. Yeah. And I realized at that moment in my life, I am a lost soul. Like, right. she's so super enlightened. No wonder my siblings are so successful. Right. Like, Aww. she's like, and my wife too, they're like, they're super. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to get this right. So I had Lee set, my mom set, and then I went and I got my first paycheck, and I told my wife,
0: "Where's your mom go? Tell us where your oh, mom went." Oh, so
1: she moved with my brother. Oh, she moved
0: with your brother, the rabbi.
1: Okay. Making it even worse. Um, <laughs> <Right> <laughs> anyway, <now. laughs> I have redeemed myself, but I've done it the right way. But I got my first paycheck from Lee. I also started working these other deals with rich people to create to get margins. Them they needed. Literally create margins. Yeah. Anything. So. Wow. I get my first paycheck. This was. To me, the biggest transition, I went to my wife and I said, hey, I'd like to write a check to Warren Moon, my partner's charity, the Crescent Moon Foundation. They give at-risk kids scholarships to -hmm. to college, not based off of their grades, but based off of their need plus their ability of giving back to the community. So Mm -hmm. the idea of is if you're enlightened enough to be poor yourself, but still help other people, I want to invest in you. So, I got a scholarship to college. All my siblings got a scholarship to college. I told my wife, I wrote the check, I said, I'd like to give this. Now, at this time, rented house, rented furniture, one car. My wife was pregnant with our fourth child. Three daughters that weren't even over 10 years old. So, I had weddings, graduate schools. You know the deal. You got it, right? In my mind, And I said, I'd like to do... Like, I was putting faith in what I wanted. I truly wanted to live my life of service. And I said, is it okay? I want to donate this... My wife went to the same high school, to our high school to send a kid to college with my first check. And she said, you finally get it. And I go, yeah, I have faith in the universe. I know I can make money. And I said, I'm studying how to maintain the wealth. I said... It's This happened for the best reason. I go, I feel so good right now about myself, who I am. I probably was going to end up divorced or dead. And I said, now I feel closer to you than ever, closer to my kids than ever, and closer to my faith in what I want than ever. I want to do this. And she goes, double it. (laughs) Literally. And I go, I don't trust the universe that much. Yeah, right, right, right. I'm not doubling yeah. No, but and, and yeah. it makes a good point because I've consistently given to my life the whole time. And every time I give, I still fight my ego of the yes. fear of not yes. enough. Mm-hmm. And I think everyone that's generous and philanthropic has to share with people. Look, I do this stuff and I'm still afraid and I know it's right. And every time I do it, it gets easier Right. And it has a bigger impact on my life.
0: But it comes back to you. It feels yeah. tenfold. And I, right.
1: But I don't do it for that reason. Yeah. Like, I no, believe I, that's I know, trading. I, I know you're right? not I doing know that, that's but, trading. But
0: that is because I used to do
1: it for, like, I'm really honest. I gave millions of dollars away when I was younger. Right. For ego. Like, I right. did it for that reason. Right. I believe, like, okay, you know, my name's given on this and <laughs> I'll come back to me. Like, it was a trade. Yeah, 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 Everything yeah, was a trade. a trade. And then yeah. I resented everybody. Right. Now I unconditionally, like, that mom that looked me in the eye and said, do you need money? after I completely screwed her up.
0: Right, right, right. but also because her values were in the right place, always have been, and you were her baby, and of course she doesn't love you because you're buying her a house, but right. you, in your in my, head, oh, in, yeah. your, in your kooky, like, you know, little head, you have all this chazarai going, or whatever, like nonsense going <laughs> yeah. on, why, you know, that she's gonna love you more. It's nonsense. Yeah,
1: I used to actually tell people that yeah. money buys love that I'm my mom's favorite child.
0: Right, but you're probably her favorite regardless. Right. No, I'm just exactly. kidding, brothers and sisters. All of them so are right. favorite, right. Yeah, no, That she no, no, always said, right?
1: And so, that's a sign of a good mom. I used to, my used right, My mom right. used to always say, "When your kids all say they're the, your you're favorite, you're the favorite.
0: Yes, you're
1: a good mom, and we all do, and we fight over it. That's so true. And we're in your fifties, know, and and, <laughs> and still,
0: they're still arguing exactly about
1: the thing. arguing. No, I'm her favorite. It was Mother's Day. That's we still uh, have exactly, the competition on. you still have that conversation. Yeah. it just so doesn't funny. cost me anymore. <laughs> absolutely, exactly.
0: It doesn't cost. Well, did you buy? Did you ever buy your mom another house? She, so
1: I wanted to, but okay. she loves living for the grandkids. Oh, so much. really? So instead. Cruises and whatever right. she wants. Like, ex-
0: you know, extra. She retired.
1: Like, I retired her this right. time too. She doesn't work.
0: Okay, um, so wait a second. So then let, let me just go back again. Please. So then, like, you lose all the money and then you work and, da, da, da. and then did you make that much money again or never to that level? Yeah,
1: we have. So, but the difference is. You mean we, another hundred million? So on paper, right? So. Right, okay, okay that's, that's fine. That right, counts. Property, right. Yeah, property I have counts. more cash than I've ever had, like, more savings than I've ever had. So oh, I own. You know, properties and, and other things. Do you own
0: 33 properties again?
1: No, I don't. So I did it a different way, right? I studied wealth. So okay. um, What did it One teach of the things you? that Rockefeller taught me was okay. to create a family bank, uh, to mm-hmm. put things into annuities that grow slowly, but have no risk of losing money. So the philosophy that I learned was mm-hmm. for people that have an unconscious competency of being able to double the amount of money they make as quick as they can, right? forget about investments, like making money with your money. Right, right, because right. You're better off focusing only on attracting wealth because if you can make double the amount of money you make, you don't have to worry about doubling the money that you save.
0: Right, right, You're right, better right. off
1: focusing here and always putting it away.
0: Yes, so this is valuable information. Created <laughs> created
1: tax-free annuities okay. that have a low guarantee of 2% when the market dumps mm-hmm. and an upside, an equity-based upside, so we can make 15-16% a year on our savings right. and then. All my properties have a purpose, so I own my home, I own my office building, I own a beach house in which we right. invested really well and it rents out because we don't use it all the time. So
0: every property has a purpose.
1: Mm-hmm. Not That's just, interesting. Right. Not just a rental. Like not just a
0: rental to, yeah, they all have a for purpose. cash flow or whatever. Yeah.
1: And so like I created that uh, purpose with those this annuitized savings plan, not only for me, but for my children. And mm-hmm. the idea of a family bank right. is what I love. So That's I've good. empowered, my, my biggest fear of being wealthy always was that how do I replace the fire that my mom gave me by being poor? Like right, how right. I, Yeah, how do you replace my, it? Exactly. Especially like three girls that I dote over and will give anything to. So I created a family bank and my kids have to pay for their own college. Yeah.
0: Okay. Right. Yes. And
1: so the interesting thing is it's a little bit of an advantage, but they feel good about it. So listen to how we do it. My oldest daughter got a full scholarship. Okay. Right, so I obviously empowered her to two lane. To two lane, right? The next one, she for the difference from the scholarship to what is owed, she will borrow from the family bank
0: mm-hmm.
1: at no interest, okay, long, much longer terms, so okay. she doesn't have the stress of I'm borrowing this money and right, I have eight percent interest and I got to pay it back the minute I graduate. Right, okay. she has some advantage, but the reason she'll pay it back to the family bank is because. By the time she has her first child in college, that money from her college will be replaced. Uh, and her child can right. borrow. Right, yes,
0: yes, so yes. It's re- it,
1: it, and so it allows her to say and to think, I paid for school myself. Right. My parents didn't put me through school. Right, right, right. They gave me some advantages of a loan. Right. right. Over 25 years or 30 years to pay at no interest. Right. College isn't that expensive with that payment. Well, but you want right. to buy, you wanna buy the, the house? They can borrow with the family bank. Uh-huh. But it all goes back in the bank. Why? So your kids, right. their kids, yeah. your grandkids can do the same. So this is what Rockefeller created so that you don't divide and dissipate your wealth in your inheritance because that kills your income. So, for example, I've studied Vanderbilt mm-hmm. was the richest man on earth about 135 years ago. Okay, yeah. Richest yeah. man on earth. Yeah. He, when he died, divided all his wealth to, to all of his family. Fam- yeah. Divided it up. He gave $2 million to Central University. It was the only charitable giving that he gave. That created his legacy because Central University became Vanderbilt. And if right. you ask people about Vanderbilt today, they think of Vanderbilt right, University. Yeah, right, right, right. The interesting thing is 100 years after he died, there was not one millionaire in his entire family because he had divided that oh, wealth and wow. entitled everyone. So Rockefeller is yeah. still one of the richest families on earth. They, they are still. Yeah, because they created a family bank. Everything's replaced. Their wealth is all replaced. It That's never dissipates or divides. And so then took it to the next step where I live my life with four different values. Yeah. My foundational values are my personal values, uh-huh. my experiential values, my giving values and my receiving values. And I don't believe that those are all balanced every day, week or month. But over my lifetime, I want to balance my life with those four values. Okay. So sometimes I need to, uh, you know, love, family, character, health, have to have a priority. Sometimes my experiences, like I want to go to Europe or right. that takes the priority. Sometimes my giving values, right? I want to give more. The hardest one and most interesting is what I call the receiving values. Right. And the reason is, is that most people spend 99% of their energy, time and focus on receiving, but yet they they don't... Like to receive. They have problems receiving. Right. right. It's really interesting. They yeah. have all these weird energies about receiving. They don't yeah. feel worthy. And I was one of these people. Right. And yeah. Based
0: on their self-worth, basically, is all there kinds
1: yeah. of issues. And then you spend 99% of your time. But if I asked you which one you would bankrupt, would you bankrupt your health, your experiences, your 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 legacy? No. Everybody would bankrupt their financial, their receiving. Right. But yet we spend so much time so learning about those four values helped me to figure out how I was not only going to attract more wealth, but maintain and grow that wealth, not just for me, but for my legacy.
0: So how do you like, so you say you're, obviously you're a business coach and you do a lot of speaking engagements, telling people and trying to help people. But a lot of it seems like it's very much innate of who you are, right? Like you're like a natural born, salesman you have a lot of hustle naturally now I always I'm always curious like how does someone who doesn't naturally have that like natural hustle and ability the gift of gab and super like driven and aggressive how do you kind of how do you how does someone who doesn't have that kind of get that to take it to the next level
1: and I think that's what makes me different than a lot of people that are those eagles in life that can just manifest what they want right is that and that's where football, to me, came to be so valuable. Okay. Because outside of football,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I'm one of those people that naturally is blessed.
0: Right. Intelligence,
1: okay. sales, charisma, right. decent looks, whatever I was. Blessed
0: and you're with. very modest too. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: <right>? But but <laughs> yes. football was the opposite. Right. right? Wor- yeah. No skills. That's why I joked around earlier and said the closest I've ever reached to my potential was to play to be an average Division three football player. Right. Because I'm a journey. Men or women. I'm a journeyman when it came to football. Right. I had to every day just to to make a team. Right. Right. So I had. But you got
0: the, there not because of your talent, so to speak, exactly. but because of the discipline and Consi- the hustle and exactly. the consistency.
1: The teamwork, the motivation, the the hurt, the getting off your back. Yeah. You know, there, there's so many different things that I learned. And then I'm also good at codifying and explaining highly complex things yeah. with simple lists right. out in layman's format. terms. Yeah, and I think that comes from working with athletes and people that may only have an eighth grade education. But, but that's they, your
0: natural ability, right? Correct. So, like, but so, to
1: teach them is important. Because, have you seen
0: In Search of Greatness? Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. thought you would, because I find it like talent is never usual. It's like one percent of it. It's ninety nine percent is everything else, right? Yeah. So you believe it's teachable to teach someone how to like become better like this, but yeah. like like in those ways. And when
1: I coach, it's interesting. It's funny because I have a lot of clients, but I coach with two focus calls. A month okay where you come prepared to talk about what you want okay and then I work through the think say and do and believe side of it on the phone mm-hmm. maybe make some introductions I do leverage extraordinary relationship capital right people that can exist because
0: that's a big part of it of course you know? in and business business especially it's 100% not like, life
1: coaching as much no
0: no no do you do life coaching you said
1: I, some people want me to do that as oh, well really? But okay. I'm really good business coach because I have those relationships right. as well. Well,
0: right, but I'm saying that's a big part of it, is like having the right relationships Absolutely. and knowing how to cultivate them and leverage them properly.
1: But, right? Yeah. And then the difference is what we were talking earlier is I give focus homework and it my, I have some of the biggest CEOs in the world okay. that literally I give focus homework and say, look, you're going to focus in on this for a minimum of 10 minutes a day, seven days a week. Okay. And that's what gives that exponential, that's how I shift the energy, the neural pathways, the genetics. I literally work with the focus. Then I'm also on call 4 a.m. to 11 p.m. for real time assistance. Oh,
0: wow. from 4 a.m. Clients. to 11 p.m.? Yeah,
1: Pacific. So just between time.
0: not 12 and 4, but are you sleep. Yeah, because I
1: wake up at 4 every morning. No, I was going to
0: say, so you sleep for 4 hours a night. Five.
1: Well, 12 I try. to 4. No, so, le- 11. Oh,
0: 11 to 4. Okay, so you to go to 4. sleep from 11 to 4. I
1: try to stay up to 11. Now, I'm, I got caught early on in my career telling everyone, yeah, I go to bed at 11. My wife would roll her eyes because there's certain days and nights where I pass out at oh, 8 Oh, exactly, o'clock. okay. But I, li- I live my life just to, to wake up at 4.
0: Right.
1: So that means I'm going to spend. I don't go to sleep. I pass out. I study. Another great piece of advice, by the way. Okay. If anyone's listening, I think it's an easy... Hopefully one person uh, these is. Easy, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> these easy ways to change your life, like saying thank you. But like if people don't do it, Right. I just don't understand how... Okay, you have 24 hours of activity. I separate by activity I get paid for and activity I don't. Right. right. I want to maximize the amount of, Time that right. I get paid for whatever I do. But the most important thing that we do activity-wise mm-hmm. is sleep.
2: Most mm-hmm. people, it's yes. a
1: third of your life consistently. You don't miss it any day. But yet nobody spends any time studying sleep, practicing sleep, you know, all the things that we do for the other stuff we want in our life. But meanwhile, that's when the subconscious and unconscious are taking over. No, and, I agree. Right, that's huge, the magic. We did
0: a huge podcast on sleep with the sleep doctor because that's one element that makes a crucial, exponential difference on someone's success and happiness. Absolutely.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I agree I with study you. It, I study pra- it. I practice it. I test it. I do all types of things with my activity of sleep so I can be more efficient with it Right. because it only just exponentially so increases. So how much sleep do the-
0: you need? You, because everyone needs a different amount of sleep. Right,
1: I need less sleep, although Dr. Mita, who's one of my sleep doctors, oh, okay. says seven, Dr. Bruce. seven hours... Uh, is, is is optimal for, for me
0: for you? Because that's, that's the norm for most people. Yeah, seven hours. That's I optimal, said. where your
1: brain doesn't, you know, necessarily. Now, I believe the biggest problem with doctors that we have mm-hmm. is that we are such complex beings, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. All with a different code, all different biochemistries, all different inputs every day energetically, right. biochem like all these things. And that's what I see with older people as they get sick. Yeah. They start giving them seventeen pills. And I'm like, wait, wait a second. First of all, you don't know that biochemical. Yeah. It's a guess to start. Right. Now you're combining all these other pills Absolutely. with other pills. And I see people that, in my opinion, don't need to take all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, I agree. And would be better off taking one pill that, you know, I do believe in Western medicine. Mm-hmm. You know, if God forbid someone has cancer, I say I would do both chemotherapy right. and spiritual, and alternative <laughs> oh, right. for sure I'd right. be tracing calligraphies washing right. in the baths having spiritual transmissions <laughs> Doing,
0: to try whatever you can right of course yes. and I
1: think combined they, they work really well right but I think people don't look at things in a logical way and that's what I do in, in business coaching is let them get out of their own way most of coaching to be honest is teaching about ego they need to be right, offended, separate, fearful, anxious, resentful, guilty, inferior, superior, all these different feelings. And all I do is bring awareness to that mm-hmm. and then put them back onto a trajectory.
0: So how much time do you spend doing business coaching? You're, you, I Great feel like question. you're doing a, a million so things. Everything
1: Right. And, that's the way it appears. Right. Very, very focused on what I do. So I use my brand okay. as an attraction or a bug light, the same way that I saw working for Lee, right. that I could use celebrities and athletes to attract high net wealth individuals, right. which then would bring business development, etc. So I created this vertebrae okay. that I use my brand okay. to get speaking, coaching. Of course, we have books, all of these different right. things that all in a day. So what I've done with my coaching is two 10 minute calls. Okay. So how many clients seven, can you
0: take at a time? 50. Five zero. Five zero. Okay.
1: So seven days a week that's four calls a day.
0: How much you charge? Can I ask you yeah. that?
1: So minimum is a thousand uh, dollars is the minimum. The maximum is 50,000 a month.
0: Okay. Um, what do you and, get for 50 that you don't get for a thousand?
1: So my business model is a little different. I do a free assessment with anyone that wants me to coach them. Okay. So when I have an opening I do an assessment. You have to make a donation of any size to the mm-hmm. Unstoppable Foundation, though. Okay. Dollar or more. I, okay. I don't look at how much, but value for value. Right. I do an assessment to see what you need, who you need, how I can help, if I can help. Right. I have, I have a coach in the coaches program, so right now I have 10 coaches as well that are less expensive or have different specialties, you know, real estate or sleep. Th- right. Th- much are,
0: more like, spirit, like yeah, specific.
1: Specific. Now, for my yeah. clients... At the end of the month assessment, and I feel as if I can be of service, I only work month to month and okay. I give you a price. 1000 so far to 50000 is the most. Okay. But I guarantee that I'm a profit center for you. I won't coach you unless mm. I'm going to provide value. So if I tell you you're $50,000, you are going to make somewhere between $100,000 and 500000 a month because you're capable of right. doing it with right. my help relationships I have, whatever it may be. And so I guarantee that. Now, I've had clients, I've been doing this five years, I'm a top business coach in the world, Marshall Goldsmith trained me, all the accolades. But the truth is, the reason people use me is I guarantee that I'm a profit center. Right. And, and, if and if they don't and
0: if they don't become a profit center like that, do you give them the money back? Yeah,
1: of course. Okay. Or don't even charge them.
0: So the, why would anyone not do it?
1: Thank you. Then you know you have a good business. Right. But I'm confident enough to do that. I will tell you yeah. that the only person I ever gave money back to, by the way, okay. is a Harlem Grove Trotter who ended up losing his job and his mom had MS. Oh. And he came to me and said, I can't afford this anymore. And I said, why? And he told me why. And I said... You know what? I'm not going to charge you. I said, mm. let me just help you make more money. You know, this is my gift to you. And he said, no, I need to pay you because I want the your focus. If this is charity, you're you didn't believe me then that I provide the help. same value. You said, Dave, you guarantee that you're going to make me more money. Why wouldn't I do that? I said, well, I'll still guarantee it. Just pretend that you gave it to me. He said, no, energetically from what you t-. like, literally would not let me take his money back. And I still work with him today. And the coolest thing is. He has built this cool brand. He's the shortest basketball player ever to be a professional. And I use him, you know, branded and taught him all the things that he needs to do. But imagine me playing football. That's one thing. But imagine when your mom is five feet and your dad's five two and you're this tiny little boy. And everyone in your class telling everyone you're going to be a professional basketball player like, talk about resistance yeah, and believing in yourself.
0: Absolutely. And
1: this guy did it. Imagine what he can teach people.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I agree 100%. Right. And so
1: those are the things that I do. It's probably the most rewarding. But time-wise, how do you do 50 people? Right. It's not a big deal, right? They're 10-minute phone calls twice a month. Yeah. So what does that equal? with seven days a week because I work every day. So I don't believe in work either. I believe in activity I get paid for. Yeah, right, right. So I enjoy everything I do. A nice so,
0: euphemism again. Yes. Yeah,
1: so two calls on the way to work two calls on the way home.
0: Okay.
1: So my 20 minute drive each way, I'm done for the day.
0: So you're super efficient and productive.
1: Productive and accessible. So always producing value, and accessibility is a duality. It's how accessible am I to others, but also how efficiently can I access what I want. A lot of people don't understand focus, attention, and intention, so they're not students of their calendar. Yeah. One of the pragmatic things you talk about, I have natural ability. I'm a student of my calendar. I study my calendar, what I do in person, on the phone, email, and media, radio, print, TV, and social media. I study it as much as I can. So I elevate the awareness of it so that things become simple and more efficient and effective, productive, and accessible. I also study what I'm not doing. Meaning, I'm studying the white space in my calendar. Mm-hmm. So, talk about relationships. When studying my calendar, I realized what if every day I put a minimum amount of time for the most important relationships? So, my wife gets 30 minutes minimum a day with me, whether I'm traveling or not, like FaceTime, whatever. Mm-hmm. Son, nine year old son, 30 minutes minimum. Teenage daughters, I lost the fight, but I get two minutes for <laughs> each. But every, even my, Daughter in college, she will get a two minute text or a two minute email right. if she's not answering the phone or a two minute voice message every day. I'm connecting to them emotionally, mm-hmm. energy And emotional. you're
0: making an actual point of doing so. Absolutely, every day, yeah,
1: without every, missing. Right. My mom, one minute a day for my mom. I hate these podcasts when I say it. But I literally, it changed my relationship completely because my mom was making me do things because she was feeling insecure that I didn't love and appreciate. Right. Her as I got older and had my own life. Right, busy so and Now, priorities. one minute a day, I literally, sometimes... Mm-hmm. I, you know, I'll lie a little bit to her if I'm on the phone. I'm like, oh, got to get the other line. I just called to tell you, yeah, yeah, I yeah. love and appreciate you, mom. Like in. Doing that every day, right. she's so secure yeah. in my connection to her, my emotional connection, yeah, in my relationship. You're crying
0: again. You love your mom. I, do. I,
1: I, I love you. That
0: you love your mom. I you love You know what that mom. says about you? That you love your mom so much. You I, can never trust a guy who doesn't love their. I love mom. my
1: wife and my mom. Mm, but
0: you keep and on crying a, about your mom. No uh, tears for the cr- wife. No, no. <laughs>
1: but I, I mean, my wife saved my life, in my opinion, but. Yeah, my like, you
0: love your mom. I think it's a beautiful sacrifice. Girl, listen, I want
1: my kid to learn. My goal is and to, to, to be able to, to give as much as my mom gave her. To, I love it. Like, like, she, like, I don't think anyone can realize what it's like to have a mom with six kids, single mom, and all five uh-huh. boys and a girl, and she teaches all day, comes home, packs our dinner in a paper bag so <clears throat> we can go into a um, station wagon. So she can fill up oh, greeting cards sorry. at the Seven Eleven, right? Like, I love that. But how? But talk about that's that's what my biggest fear as a parent is like. So I witnessed this as a kid, and she has the older ones reading to the younger ones, right? And me telling it the the siblings, the parents' wet dreams that are my summa cum laude Harvard siblings. I don't need to study because I'm gonna be a professional yeah. football player and be rich. You guys are idiots. But like, but how do you replace that? Yeah. Because I witnessed that, and so when things get difficult or perspective, you know, and there's a lot of issues that come from it. I was in an interview and I was talking about the highlight as a kid for me, because I I have, I work out religiously. I love to work out, but I have food issues because I see it as a reward and Mm -hmm. I have a fear of not having enough food. But, you know, I remember being six years old. McDonald's was my favorite restaurant. We could never afford to go there. My mom would pour two large French fries in a big bowl, right? Right. So for me, that's like,
0: hundred, I overeat.
1: I, I, I eat too fast. I overeat. And I, and I fight it at 51 years old. Right, to, it's a
0: trigger for you. It's a trigger, yeah, right. absolutely. And I understand that. And it's an unconscious
1: competency mm-hmm. for me that I have to keep working at. And you know, time is infinite, so we can't have things instantly. Right. You know, we don't know what effect, but we know that if we consistently stay at it, the acceleration, exponential growth, that exponential side of things are right. going to start working for me. And and I'll bi- get better at it.
0: And also building habits, like positive habits, for you to know your trigger and then do something instead of that, right? So, like you actually said, you exercise every day. How often do you exercise? Do you-
1: Minimum hour a day. So, towards my health.
0: What so is your stretching? schedule? Like four o'clock, you four wake a- up? Yeah, 4 a.m. Okay.
1: I immediately go into meditation for 20 minutes. So then I get up, get ready, try to get to the gym. I have two schedules, by the way. I think it's important for people to know this. Yes. You got to have a schedule when you're home mm-hmm. and then you're away again. But mm. like people try to keep their keep home, ske- home
0: schedule. So That's true, and That's it such a screws good them up. Yeah, it does. Even
1: if you don't travel as much as me, and it's
0: very anxiety ridden too. You get a lot of stress from that.
1: Yeah. So I, my home schedule is 20 minute uh, of meditation. Get to the gym by so it's like a race for me of right. productivity to get my clothes on. I'll lay them out like a little boy. Like the I'm, night before. I'm in the gym at four thirty till five thirty. So and one hour of extra one exercise. One hour. Start with cardio. Okay, how much cardio? 30 minutes. Okay. And I usually do some kind of progression where it's sprint for 20 mm-hmm. seconds. Like
0: interval training.
1: Yeah. So in and I have, you know, a pretty good switch off of different mm-hmm. exercises and body parts, etc. But I stretch in between my lift, lifting. So for the other 30 minutes, like today I, I had chest and tries. Mm-hmm. So when I do flat bench And, you know, I use lighter weights, but I get after it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'll do, you know, three sets of 10, but in between I'm stretching.
0: Hmm, interesting. Okay.
1: Right. And then I always do abs every day. Okay. Uh, And then I try to get other movement or exercise throughout the day. But anyway, get home at 5.30. Mm -hmm. Then I immediately get my son. Yeah. Another parenting tip if you have a lot of kids and no money. Wake up your kids at 5 a.m. My mom's, people ask, because, you know, it's not normal to have... Six kids, and you know, I went to a very good law school, did very well, and I'm the low end of the academics. Yeah, right. So people say, "How did you do it?" What she did is she woke us, besides the Jewish guilt, martial art. Uh, yeah, uh, She woke <laughs> us all. Up, she woke us all up at five a.m. every day. So imagine being in high school and being the bad one. Yeah. And I'm trying. So I go out on Friday night, and I'm trying to stay up till midnight. Mm-hmm. But then Saturday night, everybody really wants to go out. Yeah. I just don't have my mom still, so I stay out till midnight. Think I'm having a good time, right? She wakes me up at 5 a.m. and right, we're after it the whole day. Like, how do you go out Saturday you night? Can't right. So it's like you're tired. Like, all right, I'll study. Right, you know, right,
0: I'll right, f- right, 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 right. <laughs> I love this mom of yours. I want her yeah. on the podcast. Super
1: mom, yeah. <laughs> yeah she
0: properly teaches discipline, goal setting, like what, like prioritizing. I mean, this is these are the kind of people though. Like, yeah. it starts at the beginning of the. I was just saying earlier. It's your developing years that make a difference, though, and your mom gave you a structure and traits that you can then build
1: from. Yeah,
0: when I mean, you were a kid. even
1: my dad was a compulsive gambler, cheated on my mom, was a real oh. not a good dad. Right, but she always switched it around to the positive. She said, "Look, you're born with this obsessive behavior. I'm gonna have you obsess on things that are gonna make you great."
0: That's that That's.
1: It, right, all these things, and yep. you know, and I that's why I tear up, <laughs> yeah, because I, my, my I loved one she used to say she would tell me something, and you know, as a teenager, mm-hmm. and I was the one who definitely wasn't listening, and she would say this, these incredibly enlightening things like, I don't care uh, if you listen to me. I'm like, why not? She goes, because you watch me,
0: it's just right.
1: I, I'm like, like to say that, like as a parent now, it's true. like to be confident, Action. be confident enough to tell your seventeen-year-old arrogant idiot football-playing son who's telling you that he's not going to study because he's going to be in the NFL someday and buy you a house. Right, That's right. She's like, I know you're not listening to me. She said, but I'm not worried because you watch me, and I'm thinking, why do I tear up still? Yeah, I know. Because in it, my head, I'm watching her. I know. Like it changes your entire existence yeah, when absolutely. somebody can have an impact like that, and so going to the social media side and branding of what we do now like i put that in my head every video i do every interview i do these kids are watching me yeah right and i know because of social media what impact it's having right. i had an extraordinary call on sunday night mothers day one of my friends in florida called and said can you talk to this kid he you know, loves Grant Cardone. He quit football to buy a car. He's a huge entrepreneur, and he's a straight-A student, but he's not going to take the SAT because he doesn't want to go to college. He's listening to Grant Cardone just to make money. And I said, tell him to call me now. Like he said, can we schedule a call? I said, no, you tell him to call me right now. I got on the phone with him, and I said, ask Grant Cardone if he went to college. Ask Grant Cardone how much money he had when he was 21 years old. Ask these guys, look, watch me. You know, right. Zuckerberg went to Harvard. Absolutely. Right. He yeah, may have absolutely. dropped out because right. yes. he learned what he needed. But he I go, you have to have a spirit of excellence. Yeah. That's what I'm concerned about at seventeen. I don't care what you do, but if my mom made me take the bar, I didn't need to take the bar because right. I was selling the yeah, research. Exactly. But she said, right, by teaching me the right thing. You started something, you finished the process. Absolutely, you and finish not, what you start. Yeah, and do the best that you can at. Not I don't want you barely passing right? You're going to pass the bar the first time and and you're going to use your capabilities because you have a spirit of excellence. And if you're not going to use it here, when you start your job, you're not going to have it there either. And so here I'm repeating what I watched my mom do, what she taught me. And in 15 minutes, I changed this kid's life because he loves my videos he watches what I do, and he respects what I do by watching me.
0: So you know what this sounds like though? At the end of the day, the core should be it's important to have a role model or a mentor that not only you, res- obviously that you respect, but is c- that you have someone that you can look up to that teaches you these things, right?
1: It sits in the situation you want to be in. That's what, what I tell people. But I have it's a, true. Three like, mentors at all times.
0: Who is you, the other two?
1: So always sit in the position that you, you want to be. So for me, I vary my mentors. You know, I just right. talked today about when the market drops, right. my plan, and this might sound silly to people, when the market drops, my plan is I'm going to get in touch with Warren Buffett. Literally. Okay. I'm to, and I'm going to ask do him. Do you to.
0: know? Have you ever spoken to him? No. Okay. Well, take me with you in that exactly. meeting. Exactly. Yeah. But
1: look, like, I'm a very capable guy. There's no way I'm not going to get in front of him. I'll do my research, find what charitable event he's at, right. make sure, whatever it costs, but I'm going to get in front of Warren Buffett and ask him one question. Will you mentor me? When the market goes down, I, I, yes. I, Why? Because there's no on earth that Why are you on waiting that until that
0: happened? Why don't you wait? Why would you wait until because then? Because I think
1: I, because right now I, I'm cashing up. To, okay. for, for the downturn. Okay. So I want to maximize the money that I'm saving
0: because with the
1: brightest mind, and, and I want to wait until the time, right? The time is right because for me, if you ask someone to mentor them and then have the question right on that, that next side, mm-hmm. right, 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 right. So if I ask them now, I'm not ready.
0: Okay, so, you have to, so you're saying you have to, you've got to be ready. Yeah. But then in my, in my brain, I think, well, everyone's going to be after him at that point, right? Wouldn't you, you rather that? do it?
1: You would think that, but would you actually, are you going to be like, you know, you want to go with me, yeah. but you actually would be at me? Look at well, Josie. Like, I wanted oh, Josie here we go. to meet <laughs> <Nancy, laughs> yeah. me, right?
0: Did, what happened? I went after him. And? I,
1: yeah. Went, went through our dear friend. Yeah, Darren Got again. to ask him the questions that I wanted to ask him about faith. Okay. Right? I study him. He's coming on my podcast. I'm going on his podcast. Okay. And he gave me a cell phone to mentor me.
2: Oh, so it worked.
1: It worked. No one's ever said no to me about that, why would you? You're giving them the greatest compliment in the 100%. world. hundred
0: percent. So I think what I just got out of that is that if you want to get close to somebody or you, want, you, you play to their ego side and you say, will you mentor me? Because people normally would not say no to that.
1: Ben Franklin wrote in his autobiography, which was a book that my mom That's made important. me read, which is a horrible book to read. So I'm going to give you what I took from it. It says, if you ask someone for help, you become an investment of that person. Yeah. So it's more than just their ego. It's actually, you have all these people now investing Invest- in you. Because you've leveraged the ego of, hey man, I admire you, you know so much about this. Can you please help me?
0: See, I love that.
1: And everyone loves to help.
0: Absolutely. So, David, would you mentor me? Absolutely. And then vis-a-vis I'll get mentored by Warren possibly or Joel. Absolutely. Or, okay. Well, remember you said that because i, it's I on off tape. this podcast. Six
1: cameras, man. How can you avoid so now, it? Okay. Twelve sorry. witnesses and six cameras. Okay.
0: So, everyone heard that now you're my new, I'm, you know, you're, I'm you the new it. mentee.
1: It's two phone calls a month, 10 minutes plus focus homework. Are you going to charge call? me? But are you going to no. charge
0: me 50 grand?
1: Nope. I'll tell you what has happened, and this has happened to me before, which is my greatest joy. All right. I've had clients that have literally called me and said, you need to invoice me for twice as much. I'm like, what are you talking about? He goes, in all fairness- That wouldn't happen with me, don't worry. Yeah, well, you have kids. (laughs) But but honestly, this happened this Sunday. Justin knows, like, literally, I'm like, why? He goes, because you told me when you started that you would guarantee that, that I'd make exponential amount of money. He told me to double the amount of money that I, you know, to mm-hmm. think about things in terms of not creating resistance. I told him, think about doubling the amount of money you're gonna make as fast as you can. Don't say, I'm gonna make $2 million a month. That creates resistance. Right, right. Because nobody right. dreams as big as the universe or as big as God. Right. We can dream really big, but it's bigger than us. So yeah. I teach people this. So then he did it like this. And he's like, now what? I'm like, triple is, you know, as much money as you can, as fast as you can. So he calls me literally in two weeks. He goes, Dave, you're not going to, I go, I believe it. He goes, you need to invoice me more. Well, wow. I've had people that I literally have done, you know, the whole, of course I'll mentor you for free. You're my friend. Okay. But something's going to happen, mm-hmm. right? And it's not because I'm trading.
0: No, I know. But
1: there's going to be, and it may not be money. I understand. But you understand. will be like, oh, Dave, I met Warren Buffett. <laughs> yeah. And he thought I was cute, and he said, "Can I come to dinner?" <laughs> and you've helped me, so can you come with me to dinner and ask him to be our mentor?
0: Listen, I think up what you were putting down. I understand exactly <laughs> where you were going with that, and I I hear you, and I agree with that. That does happen, though, in like that way.
1: I myself, okay. when I lost everything, yes, um, did that whole asking everyone with money. Well, one what of my friends was friends with Steve Wynn, who I admired, mm-hmm. and I asked him, "Can you introduce me?" He said, "Oh." Of course Dave, I'll introduce you, let's go to dinner. You know, he's one of my best friends. So I get to go to this dinner with Steve Steve Wynn, and the first question that I asked him was, Mr. Wynn, I totally respect your relationship with money. I was wondering if you could mentor me. And he looked at me going, what does that mean? I go, right. really simply, I'm very concise and organized. I need your cell phone. And when I have a question about my relationship to money, I'd like to take a minute of your time and ask you what you would do. Does that sound fair? He's like, yeah, of course, here. And he gave me a cell phone. And I'm thinking, I just gave him a huge compliment, but like, I asked him the right yeah. way.
0: And, it, you, it, as and you I've say, called him three
1: times, by the way, in the last 11 and years. And did he respond? Yeah, Every time? Every time. He gave me super advice
0: that's a great I like that we should we should say that like 75 times I think that's a great not just for like networking but to take your shit to the next level that is so important it's like not just what you say it's how you say it be concise Because you're right because no one will ever say no to that
1: no way it's just like when you said for my coaching I know that I've created a business model that's correct because like does anyone say no to that Right? No, right, then you, right, right. That's the 120 rule. People don't realize you've got to work through things, reasons, impacts, capability, your credibility, emotional attachment. If you put it all together, mm-hmm. everything in my life that I'm trying to share a vision of, mm-hmm. it has to come to a logical conclusion of, can I see any reason they will not want to move forward, right? If I can't hit that litmus test, not just logically, but energetically, yes, yes. then I'm not there yet and I shouldn't ask. But I have to cover all the bases, like you said, it's not just what you say, it's how you say it, right. right? all these things. That's what I do to make sure people align with what I'm asking for. Because in my mind, I'm like, so the only rejection or resistance sometimes I get is, what's the catch?
2: Right? Because That's I've nailed right.
1: it so mm-hmm. much, right? Absolutely. I've nailed it so much. So I who are your me.
0: mentors? So give me like the top
1: Absolutely. 10
0: mentors. Yeah,
1: so what, one was Warren. Warren Moon, my business partner. Okay. And I'll tell you why. He possessed something I saw as the majesty of calmness. Mm. What I learned was that I was very good on the upside mm-hmm. of being positive. I'm a top optimist,
2: yeah. right? <laughs> so
1: the energy like flowed. Yeah. But I, I all, like, also didn't realize, and Warren pointed it out to me, you know, you waste energy being too high. I'm like, what do you mean? He goes, watch me against Kansas City. Number one defense. We were underdogs and I beat him with 522 yards, the most yards ever passed in a game. Watch me come off the field, right? Mm -hmm. Of course, watch. This is what he does. Right? And then he shows me the Buffalo game where it's the biggest tragedy of his career. 32 points to not go to the Super Bowl. They had the lead of 32 and lost it. And when he walked off the field, same kind of energy. You know, not this, but all right. Right, he was
0: leveled both times. Majesty
1: of, he doesn't waste energy. So he has mentored me. I literally will call him and say, "Oh my God, you know, I'm so upset." Dave, breathe, right? Right. And he talked me through how, from the time he was 18 years old, with all the pressure of millions of people watching him play at University of Washington, and then in Canada, six, you know, Grey Cups, and then of course being the number one, highest paid black quarterback in America, right? Crazy. That he has this majesty of calmness. Steve right. Wynn was another one with relationship to money. When I went to write my first book, I wanted to write a book like Think and Grow Rich. Okay. So I went to the Napoleon Hill Foundation. Right. And I said, can you guys help me write my book? Here's my idea. Right. Here's my outline. And literally, they're like, yeah, of course. Because I have this spiritual, pragmatic book right. like Think and Grow Rich, which was my favorite book. Joel Osteen, right? Right. Obviously. Um, I'm going, Lee Steinberg. Oh.
0: Well, at least Steinberg worked with him. So that's a no one. brainer. Okay. Yeah.
1: That, let me move to um, so, some other ones. Uh, Dr. Mita for sleep. Okay. She, right? She with right. me. Yeah. Dr. Sahi, uh meditation. Oh, so I've okay. Heard, I knew, when I met this woman, this was classic. Okay. So to show you how lost I was, she says to me, Dave, uh, and I just met her on an airplane. She said, Are you okay? And in my arrogant, a-hole self. I'm like, do you know who I am? Of course I'm okay. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, this is who I was. Right. So I'm like, what do you mean? She goes, oh, you're so full of light and you're blocking it. You know, this little doctor. Yeah. And I was like, okay. She goes, do you meditate? This is what I said. Meditate? I don't have time to meditate. I'm a multimillionaire. I grew up with nothing. I had a mom and six kids. I made everything in my life happening through hard work literally persistent. You can knock me down. I am a try me guy, not a why me guy. I'm not going to sit around high on my mom's couch, sick and broke, and meditate. You sound like my wife. This is ridiculous. That's literally where I said, almost verbatim, and she looked at me and she goes, oh, that's too bad. She goes, because I could teach you to vibrate faster. And that's what caught me. I'm like, what? She goes, well, everything vibrates. The earth vibrates the slowest, then plants, animals, humans, then sound, then light. And you know what? And then thought. And she goes, Do you know what vibrates the fastest? And I'm like, No. She goes, The truth. The truth vibrates the fastest. And you can only be aware of that which vibrates equal to or less than you. Would you like to vibrate faster? And I'm literally, hair is on my yeah. arms. And I'm like, Yeah. And she goes, Why? you well,
0: know my can- mentor? <laughs> wow.
1: That's what I did. And she, I said, Can you mentor me in, in meditation? My wife has been begging me to do it. I go, I. I can't even sit still. I don't, like, I've tried to, like, it's just ridiculous. Can you teach me how to vibrate faster? I wanna be more aware. In, in my crooked mind at that time, yeah. you know why I wanted to be aware? Why? Because I wanted to learn when to buy or sell.
2: That's hilarious.
1: Like, I literally, like, if you're aware, like, wouldn't that be a great awareness Absolutely. to always know, like, time to buy, time Absolutely. to sell? You You'd were be very, a billionaire. You were, one
0: that meant you were very focused on yeah. one thing all the time. But she
1: taught me and she literally changed my life and perspective. Through who, meditation. Through
0: meditation. Okay. Who yeah.
1: are the other two? Uh, well, I mean, I've listed off a of field. Right, right now. Okay. So, um, Bob Proctor. Uh, oh, it, I
0: saw. Uh, wait, I saw that on the. Um, yeah. So Bob. You gave me, yeah. Yeah. So Bob
1: Proctor uh, is is a huge. Men- Wayne Dyer was a, a mentor of mine early. That's a the, good one. Yeah, a really good one. That's Power a good of intention, one. still my favorite book ever. That's, yeah, he's he's um, fantastic. Uh, Blaine Bartlett uh, is uh, right now. My life coach mentor, Blaine Bartlett's a world uh, biz- business coach, okay. but he's been a world business consultant. He, he wrote the book, Compassionate Capitalism with me yes, too. Yeah, I yeah. saw
0: that. That's right. right, And, right. He,
1: um, and then on the, the woman side, yeah, there's <laughs> things I need to learn. My mom still is mentoring me to be a parent. Yeah. Um, Cynthia Kersey, the founder of the um, Unstoppable Foundation
2: okay. is what
1: I call my giving mentor. Right. And so she helps me. Put faith, like I have this great fear of loss, uh, a scarcity. Like mm-hmm. teach right. me to live in a world of more than enough, and you know motivates me. But she's always there when I'm afraid of like, of giving, right. you, you know, and she helps me receive as well, and wow. has taught me that by asking other people to give that I'm actually giving them a gift. Right. Um. So we work through issues like that, which is extraordinary. Uh, you know, on Mark Watts was for these interviews. Mm-hmm. So, so I take, I take, you know, advice, Mark Watts was the NFL talent producer, NFL network talent producer. So when I first started my podcast, I didn't know what I was doing. Right. And he taught,
0: he helped you. Yeah.
1: He coached, still coaches me and gives me advice of how you ask questions, what you're supposed to say. So those are the types of things. And none of them said no. And you know what? I think I've given all of them in the same way. Value added. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well you know what I find interesting also, and then I know we have got to wrap it up. It's been like seven hours or something. Only great. two
1: wows, yeah. Wow, two hours. wow. Exactly. Wow. You're so gonna you count really, Dave all the way through. Tell just me how two
0: or three wows. I mean, what does that have to say for a you? But okay. <laughs> um that, you know, what you did, you, you, you find holes in like, where you feel you have like some work and then you find people to kind of help you like so you have to have a lot of self awareness you're who you are to kind of be able to do that. And I think that's a valuable thing for a lot of people to do, right? Like, go out there and seek people that are people that you respect or admire or you who are doing something better than you are to kind of get make you elevate yourself, basically, is my point.
1: And you're not manipulative if you actually search them out.
0: No, I, I don't think so. Because also, like you said, I think also... There's, what is wrong with having... Um, I think it's not just, it's not just a compliment, but it's like, why not have the self-confidence to think that you, that you deserve that type of thing? Like your self-worth comes into play. Like, why not? Absolutely. You know? The and I'm strategic,
1: st- man. I'll volunteer for a charity because someone's involved that I want to meet. But you
0: have to do stuff like that. That's the thing. Like that's about a hustle. Like this whole podcast is about called habits and hustle for a reason because those things are like what is that you have to hustle to take your shit to the next level. It just is no, what no. it is. And
1: sacrifice.
0: And sacrifice. Yeah. And building habits and like structure to kind of get you to be successful and to achieve. So I don't think you, I don't think there has, you, you have to apologize for having those things. I really don't. I agree. You know, and now that you're my new mentor, you, right? got it. you can, I'm going to It's get amazing yourself. what we're going
1: to do. Just watch. Just watch. So Both our podcasts are taking off and you'll see.
0: Okay, good. I want to make sure that in front of everybody, you're saying that I am going to now double, maybe even triple. As
1: fast as you can. My yeah.
0: profits in, by when, Not when maybe, do I see this?
1: As fast as you can. So as fast remember, as can. what we try to do is avoid putting limitations of time. Oh, so it's going to be in 50 time years. Time and space. <laughs> Who needs like, it then? Time and space. Okay, right? time and space. Because okay. Look, what happens is, let's say that I told you right now, you could double the amount of money you make by the end of this month. Okay. Most people say, that's extraordinary. I would say we're limiting ourselves.
0: Mm, Okay, good.
1: Right? So, as fast as we can. Everything, when we trust, everything comes at the right way at the perfect time. Okay. When we create no resistance with the hustle and the habits. Right. Like That's where we started, is most people get confused. They think this allowance, this philosophy I have of allowing things to happen, doesn't include hustle and habit. No, no. It is better hustle habit, but then you have to take it to the next level. You put all your aggression, aggressive behavior into hustle and habits, which takes a lot of focus and time and energy. Then you still have to have have enough energy to get out of your own way, to be aware of your ego, to see where you can make the course corrections so that you're not resisting what's coming.
0: Yes. But none of it
1: happens without the law of Goya which is get off your ass, Get right? off your, I like that, get <laughs> off your ass,
0: I love it. It is, it's and so that's, true. the Law of
1: Goya starts, that's what this show is about.
0: Yes, it, exactly, that is what the show is about, the Law of Goya, get off of your ass, that's exactly it, get off your ass, and because, by the way, I don't know if I even mentioned this, but I'm saying it now, um, with all our guests that are, are as fabulous as you, what we do is we're going to make a journal for you, and for everybody who listens, where not j- they, we basically want to... Get people to put their money where their mouth is, and take all the practical, great information that you give, and then apply it to their own life. Awesome. So we're gonna give them a free PDF with like all these great tips and tricks, and then they can actually download it because.
1: That's awesome. And if anyone wants my book, I'm one of the few people. I put, you know, my actions. I give. All my books for free yes paper shipping
0: you do okay yeah. that's amazing t- well how do people find you so, tell everyone
1: at uh, David Meltzer on Instagram okay David Meltzer on LinkedIn those are two of the bigger more popular Facebook David Meltzer my websites D Meltzer just first initial last name D Meltzer okay um, and, look I if I if I could I give my cell phone on this show but <laughs> if you DM me I will give you my cell phone and I am happy to be of service you will see I I won't waste time. I have a five twenty rule. All my phone calls are gold at five minutes. Oh and wow. My meetings are twenty. Most of my interviews are only twenty unless I super love somebody.
0: Really? How long has this even been? <laughs> oh gosh. <See>? Sorry. <laughs> the- Wow. Just
1: <laughs> I told you ten minutes was. No, wasn't enough. I know. Yeah. Listen, I
0: 115, this is great. Tell
1: Darren Prince he didn't last that long. Yeah,
0: no, exactly. I will tell him. I don't want to hurt his feelings, no. but no, I'm teasing. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> but yeah,
1: so you know, just reach out, ask me for help. If I can't help you, I'll find someone that can.
0: That's wow, what's better than that? Thank you. Yeah, there
1: you go. Thank you.
0: Thank you. Thank you for coming on. David Meltzer, you've been amazing. Will you come back?
1: Absolutely. Anytime. Okay, thank you. Very cool. Thank you.
0: Bye. That was awesome. My God.
2: This episode is brought to you by the Yap Media Podcast Network. I'm Hala Taha, CEO of the award-winning digital media empire, Yap Media